Shall we begin? everybody welcome back to a brand new episode of the frankly francisco podcast today my guest is an author of the architect way his name is daryl knaus uh he is an author he is a technologist um he is amazing he just (laughs) he's he has his finger in the pulse of everything when it comes to technology and business which is great because that's the field that i'm in myself for my everyday life so this should be an interesting conversation. How are we doing today, Daryl? We're doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. No problem. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell my audience a little bit about yourself, what you do, who you are, and uh, we'll get into the book here in a moment. Yeah. Uh, so as you mentioned, um, I'm a technologist, also an author. I think I'm a technologist first. I've been doing that for about 25 years. Um, started off as a software developer moved into uh, roles as a technical director and eventually found my passion with solution architecture, which is sort of a technical product development role. And um, I worked at marketing agencies for a bunch of years and then eventually transitioned into working at some pretty big companies like Activision and Amazon, uh, work that are focused on building consumer engagement solutions, working with tons and tons of data, lots and lots of users. I really got to experience being on the other side of the fire hose uh, when it comes to all those things. And um, like I said, it's a, it's a passion for me and and uh, I've, I've studied it for, for the full 25 years. And over that time, I've started to, to develop some tools and some ideas that I think um, other folks might find helpful. And when they approach both technology and then also a little bit of that hybrid of of spending a, a work life in technology and and a home life as a technologist and how to have a, a a set of beliefs and a philosophy that can enrich your life i guess is the is the angle that's amazing though because technology is always changing like you know from what you did 20 years ago it's not the same thing as to what you're doing now when i first started using computers i mean it was you had uh we used to call it the wizard it was green you know the green background and the block yeah. the block numbering so it was a blinky uh, right <laughs> it took forever to get on it took forever to get online and do something yeah. so how do you keep up with that like is it new training that you have to take do you have to keep yourself with courses? How do you keep up? Because technology is always changing and the way mm-hmm. it's changing. Sometimes people get left behind because it doesn't get easy. It gets more complicated. Uh, some people tell me it's more, you know, uh, zeros and ones, but we both know it's more than that. So, so how yeah. do you keep up with the with the Joneses when it comes to technology? I think part of it is uh, being curious and interested. And I think uh, for for folks like myself who are at that sort of architect level, which is systems thinking and and deploying technologies into companies and thinking about the way things work together, there's a little bit of reconciling the idea of being a specialist versus a generalist. And when you're a generalist, you'll naturally have your head up and, and, and see the landscape and, and hopefully see technologies as they emerge, you'll catch wind of it, you know, staying up to date with the journals and the, um, uh, and the news as it comes through. I have found that I have a very particular itch that's really only scratched by hands-on work. And so the AI stuff I think is amazing. First thing when ChatGPT API came out, I was like, hey, what can you do with that API? You know, I spent a, a day kind of poking around at it. And so um, 
you know, it's true. You're not going to catch everything. And, and uh, you know, that's part of the nature of technology. I think one of the things that you can do is uh, develop an eye for where there's something real versus something that may just be a fad and something that that'll come and go that might not necessarily deserve your attention. So I think so, that's, that's part of it. So that passion you have for, for technology, I mean, how do you keep stoking that fire though? I know you're curious, but there's gotta be something that's be, besides the curiosity that's, that's keeps you going and keeps that fire burning in you because after a while, sometimes, you know, you, people get tired of being in the same field for, for, you know, long periods of time. If it's something that's, you know, uh, something that's always ever evolving and it's sometimes it's hard to keep up. So how do you stoke that fire continuously stoke that fire? Technology has an interesting, an interesting way of, of re revealing itself and, and becoming interesting. I, I think, look, if after 20 years of working in technology, AI pops up, if you're not interested in that, you know, if you don't think that's amazing and, and, and are super curious about that, you know, maybe technology, I would, I would argue, might not be where your passion lies. And I think that that's fine. Um, but I think that, that that's one of the things that I love about the field and about going deep into it and uh, and learning and, and being hands-on is that, uh, you know, I think like you mentioned, going back to days of DOS and blinking cursors and dial-up modems to just the crazy, amazing, cool things that we can do today, uh, it just in our pocket. I think it's, uh, you know, for someone who, like myself, who I, I think also thinks about the bigger picture and philosophies and, and the way the world works, there's an, there's just a, an awe that I think I, comes with the advance of technology. We're just in pretty amazing times right now. So I find I'm it glad difficult to not be super passionate. Actually. <laughs> and I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that philosophy up because that's, I want to talk about the book, um, The Architect Way. You actually use philosophy uh as a way of channeling that for, uh, for your passion. Talk a little bit about that. Tell me about the book. Um, tell me how you blend those two technology and philosophy together, which helps businesses in general do what they do now. Absolutely. So the book is, uh, it's called the architect way it's requirements for universal framework. The, uh, format of the book is a adaptation of the Tao Te Ching, which is a Taoist book written a couple millennia ago. And it is a, uh, a chapter by chapter rewording of the ideas into modern tech terms and technology. And so I just a little bit about how, how the, the idea evolved and it, and it might shed some light on, on how that might be useful. Um, I mentioned I've, I've worked at Amazon for many years and, and other companies before that. And most of the companies that I've worked at have had pretty uh, well-defined and mature corporate cultures that inform how stuff is how, how stuff is done and how how things are built. I uh, left Amazon and and went to Canva and worked at Canva for a little bit. Canva, the desktop publishing software that's um, really uh, making a lot of headway these days. And um, I found a, a completely almost polar opposite culture from what was at at Amazon, which was you know, Amazon being very prescriptive and document oriented and, and, and mature in its processes versus Canva, which was very much driven by the intuition of the leaders and had a much more fluid culture. And uh, I experienced a bit of cultural whiplash going between those, those two organizations and found that there, that as a, as a builder of stuff, there had to be a, a, a common set of beliefs and principles and and I guess virtues 
that you could apply to the technologies that could apply to both situations and be and be useful. And so that was about a year ago and kind of coming out of that experience, uh, it, it occurred to me that I, I should probably document that, especially given the fact that that what I what I found those principles to be were, were very tightly aligned with Taoist ideas, which I'd also separately in my personal life been exploring for the past 20 years as well. Um, and so as those, you know, as my my life as a technologist and my interest in Taoism and evolved over the, the the years, they they slowly began to overlap into each other and produced this set of ideas that I found very, very helpful when confronted with situations that were very unknown, different cultures, different, different corporate cultures, different environments. And so that's the, the book uh, is a, as an adaptation of the Tao Te Ching, if you read through it, I think some of the ideas about how to, how to make trade-off decisions and and think about where to make your investments in technology come through. And and hopefully readers will uh, get a better sense of, of decision-making and, and how to, how to make better decisions through this process. All right. So with wordplay, when it comes to the book, how long did that take you? How long did it take you to be able to, to convert what those philosophy uh, philosophies were into your own words and put on, put pen to paper? That's not an easy thing. Writing a book, it never is, but you're mixing two different things. So, I mean, wordplay has to be very important because you want to put it in a way where people will understand what you're saying at the same time that relates to those philosophies that you're pulling from. Yeah, absolutely. So you want to be true to the original intention of those chapters that you're, that you're adapting while also conveying that new information. Uh, the process, it, you know, like some of these things, this is probably not an unusual process for many folks. You start real slow and then eventually once you find your rhythm, you move real fast. So I think it took a few months to really land on what what it looks like when you say talk about ideas of uh, of connectivity and uh, interconnectedness in a in a Taoist way, where you're talking about the water and the river and the, how it flows, uh, and 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 mapping that into familiar ideas and technology around how data flows and how you should think about um, you know where you where you send data. So um, started. I think the whole process took maybe about eight months. And of that, there was probably two months of it that was super intense. I will say, you know, the, the Tao Te Ching is not a long book. It's 81 chapters. And so um, the the first few were were the hardest uh, because they really, the, the format of the book is it lays out a lot of foundational principles up front. And once you've got those foundational principles established, then the rhythm starts to to play itself out and it has kind of a recursive feeling where those initial ideas show up again later uh, in the book. So, yeah, so that, that was how that put up. So have you found yourself now with that book out? Have you been helping companies now? Have you uh, been able to, you know, share your principles with some of these companies and, and try to change the culture and the way they do things to help the business thrive? Yeah, well, Right now, I'm in a, a bit of an evangelist phase. Um, and so, yeah, some of the ideas before they had fully formalized, the book's relatively new. It just came out about a, a month ago. And so, um, you know, I, I think that there's a there's an opportunity to, to to build on the ideas in the book into a little bit more formal of a training and, and a way to communicate the ideas. However, um, m- most of the, the the general ideas are ones that I have found helpful. And as a leader in the organizations that I've been in and the companies I've worked with, talking about balance and simplicity as virtues of the systems that we're building, while not talking about them in explicitly Taoist terms, 
have still been helpful. And so, yeah, definitely beneficial for lots of folks. Yeah, take, I mean, with, with me, technology's a... Uh... In, in my everyday life, you know, I, I stare in front of a screen for eight hours a day. You know, we I deal with different systems day in and day out. And, you know, they're always trying to improve technology. They're always trying to improve the way we do things. And nothing's ever perfect uh, with it. And it's always an uh, adapting to it. So some days the system might not be working. So you have to find a way around that. Um, with the philosophy and uh, the technology that you have, it has to be some way we have to be able to, you know, combine that and move forward with, with, with the things we do to make life easier because it can be stressful. Like, you know, when you're sitting in front of a, a, a screen for eight hours a day, you know, dealing with tech and dealing with people at the same time because you have, you know, angry people yeah. calling in like, why is my system not working? Why is this not doing that? Your book presents can present, uh, you know, an, uh, kind of a, a functional way of trying to traverse some of this stuff without, you know, people panicking, which is good. It doesn't matter if the book's been only out for a month, though, because, you know, it only takes is the right person to read that book. And the minute they read that book and they say, oh, we need to get yeah. this guy in so he can consult yeah. to help us. So it's always a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I, I've, I've definitely gotten some some great feedback. And um, and so there's, there's some traction in the ideas for sure. Um, one of the, the interesting aspects of it is the the idea of a universal framework and so hopefully what what comes across is the the layers at which the ideas of interconnectedness and adaptability and balance and simplicity like the four main ideas that we're talking about on technology there's a way in which those apply and at at layers so down at the at the ground level when you're building a system those are those are four ideas that you can use as a lens through which you can evaluate the code that you're writing or the ways that you're integrating. But at, a high, at, at the next level up, they also apply to the ways in which your organization is structured and you're talking with folks and you're working with stakeholders. Recognize that everybody's connected in a certain ways and you need to be adaptable. Sometimes simplicity, most of the time simplicity is going to rule the day as the best solution. And then and then it goes further. There's another layer which you are, are a human being that walks into the office and has a job to do, and you have a personal life that's connected to that job. And, uh, you know, finding the balance, you, you know, talk a lot about work-life balance. There's a, there's a, sometimes simplicity is the way that that gets managed. And, and so there's a theme of a universal framework, which another other terms could be like a practical philosophy or, or a type of thing that you can carry with you that 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 works in your life uh broadly not just at the level of technology and so the moments in which we're, we're frustrated if you can rely on or 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 uh, evoke the, the this philosophy and these core ideas hopefully that can help you find the right balance and one of the great things about taking this approach, I think, is that you can, you don't have to carry around with you lots of philosophies. The ideas are relatively straightforward. They work really well when you put them into practice and they apply, like I, like I said, at, at a few different layers. And so they can be helpful in, in many different um, aspects of your life, not just, the, not just the building of technology piece. Now, when you say universal framework, so this is... When you bring that up, if you bring that up to companies, how do you how do you bring it up to them? Because you know, people like especially major corporations that deal with technology, you know, they want things to be in-house, you know, they want they don't want to share yeah. 
<laughs> they don't want to share what they know. They don't want to share the technology. You know, everything stays in-house. How do you how do you bring that up? How would you how would you bring that up to companies? How would you tell them, listen, this is this is not just for one company. This is how we should be running all all things when it comes to technology to make things smoother for everyone. How do you sell that to somebody? How do you explain that to these major corporations? Because you know how major corporations are. They want things close to the vest. They don't want to share what they know because it gives them the edge. Yeah. Well, uh, a universal framework in this context is a, is a way of operating and a way of thinking about the work that you do. And it doesn't have to be in contrast with your, your priorities when it comes to, um, for example, having an IP that you own that you want to develop and that you don't want to share outside of that with, with other, other companies. Um, it's how do you take that, that idea of what is valuable to you and, and optimize the development of that idea and optimize your organization that you're going to build around the development of that idea and optimizing the go-to-market strategy that you have from, with your organization and the idea that you have. Um, and so it doesn't have to necessarily be in contrast, although I would also argue for folks that, that maybe are a little less, uh, committed to the idea of, of building their own solutions and, and maybe look to third parties to, to help this, a unit, the same universal framework that works in optimizing your organization around owned IP can also help think about where is the value in the stuff that you've got versus the stuff that a third party vendor can provide and what are the upsides and and when you think through the you know I'll, I'll go back to the four main principles of interconnectedness adaptability balance and and simplicity you can use that as a as a lens to evaluate your investments to determine whether or not should do i need to put a whole development team on building new stuff or can i just go ahead with and use the vendor for this thing that might be low risk it's you know the venn diagram of stuff that they do and what we care about or is there's not enough overlap to be concerned and so you can you can pick those kinds of things so uh, again a universal framework it wouldn't be universal if it didn't have the that sort of applicability across all of the different corporate interests what I love though about this is, is your, I mean, it goes from the ground up. You're, I mean, from, you know, the people working to how we deal with our customers to how we deal with, you know, creating, uh, you know, new technology within the company. So it's the layers that, that I appreciate that I think most people would appreciate because you can essentially adapt this to any business out there, as long as you're following those steps that you're, you're letting people know about. Um, and you know, some people, the older they get, you know, some people don't want to adapt to that technology. They have an yeah. old way of thinking, but yeah. I think if, you know, if, if they follow these steps of yours and they follow the philosophies that you're trying to offer them, I think it makes things easier. It's just, sometimes you have companies that have been around for so long. They like the way they do things. They're not going to change, but now you have a younger generation, um, that are, is more tech savvy who are, who would be willing to follow this philosophy and help themselves become more successful because they're, they're going to do it differently. Yeah. I think that there's a, uh, there's a, there's an exercise that's required to translate it into legacy speak, if you will, like for the, for the, the older companies that, you know, have a certain way of operating that they've um, become attached to. And um, my view of it is usually if, if, if anybody's been in the business long enough and who has built stuff or worked with other technologies and can identify something that works, they look at it and say like, yeah, that was a great tech or like that was a great project that we did or 
um, or, you know, there was some great software that we used. And you and you really pressed on like okay well what were the main attributes of that system or that software that that you that you liked about it, um, and really boiled it down. Most good systems operate in a state of harmony and in a state of sustainability. They they last. They they integrate well with stuff. They they integrate well with the user. There's a real connection there, and and they and they sustain themselves over time. And those are those are the core themes that the that the Taoist principles and that this philosophy really aims for. Like those are the north star of 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 attributes for most systems and things. You want your organization to operate in harmony and to last, and you want a, your company to be a, you know to last many years, and you want the software you build that to be stuff that will have an impact and 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 last. And you want these things to the operating in harmony is that idea of of them being fluid and 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 flowing with the needs of the users and, and with your own uh, intentions. And so uh, if you can get, if you're, if you're talking to someone who's kind of old school and they're thinking, and you can get on the same page about what good systems look like, then you can say, cool, here's a, there's a, there's a model for going forward with this. And that's what this, that's what these ideas represent is if we're all on the same page about, about the um, sort of self-evident nature of good systems, then you can just try this this idea, this lens, and you know, think to yourself about the uh, balance and simplicity and interconnectedness when you go forward. Uh, I think some light bulbs go off, and so I, I found that to get, I've been able to get a little bit of traction with folks that have, are you know, have relatively mature ways of thinking about things and have you know lots of experience and and their own set of ideas about what works and what doesn't. You can still agree on what are the core virtues and ideals. And um, and then from there you can sort of it, it becomes natural how the universal framework lines up with that. So with what you do, do you think when we talked about AI earlier, do you think AI is going to play a big part in what you do right now? Is it going to help evolve what you're doing? You know, you say you, you've been playing around with AI. What have you found with AI that's um, that's intrigued you the most, and what you think is going to be useful for for what you're doing in the future? So at the moment, um, AI is is, a, is definitely a content accelerator, right? Like that's that's probably the number one thing that that it's bringing to the market is the ability to create for creators to create faster and and quicker. Um, the 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 newer versions that are able to uh, analyze documents and data and and summarize and produce outputs uh those advances are happening very quickly what i would love to see is is the evolution of ai to the point at which you can put in a set of system requirements or or information about a system or an organization and have and let ai help you understand where or highlight where there's disharmony and highlight where there's opportunities for balance, um, things to simplify, you know, it, it, and, and I think even at the moment, even now you can sort of train it to, to say, um, you know, evaluate this document that I'm about to these this set of requirements, find opportunities to optimize, uh, what features don't appear to add value and, you know, that kind of thing. And it'll give you answers. And, you know, and I think to that extent, it's, it's helpful. Um, and so, at least with the relationship to the to the work that I'm doing, I think as a as an assistant into this way of thinking to help validate some of the ideas, I think it's it's really useful. 
uh, outside of that, I think just, you know, the idea that what I can do for education is just amazing. I think the, you know, the energy sector has a huge opportunity to, to improve on it. I mean, the, it's, it's a new world. It's a whole new way of approaching things. So. Yeah. And it's, it's always going to be ever evolving. So moving forward, what's, what's the future looking like for you? What is, what's ahead for you? What are, are your plans uh, with this book? Do you plan on trying to do a tour? Do you plan, what do you, what are your plans for this? What, how do you want to get this book out to the world? What do you plan on doing for yourself for the future with this? Well, uh, I'll keep building systems. And then um, also with this book, uh, I think there's there's a there's an opportunity to extract some of the individual pieces of learnings and and kind of blow them out a little bit, dive dive deeper into what the meanings of of each individual sort of idea and chapter could be. And so, you know, I think there's an opportunity for, for, for both uh, moderated workshops in which we sort of explore the ideas uh, as well as just longer form content that, that, you know, folks can read at their own pace that, that dives a little bit deeper into them. Um, and so it just, I think there's, there's, I'm, I'm an evangelist role right now and, you know, trying to get folks to, to, um, uh, to read and 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 appreciate the ideas that are that are communicated, and as an evangelist, I think the 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 path, you know, to the to the apostles will reveal itself. <laughs> so, where can people actually find this book? Where where are the areas uh, on the internet where they can go to purchase this book, to read about this book, to read about yourself as well? Uh, so, uh, not surprisingly, it's on Amazon. Um, and uh, you can go to thearchitectway.com and it will redirect you to where you can get it at Amazon. Uh, I'm also uh, putting out uh, updates about the content and and um, and various insights on LinkedIn for folks who want to connect with me there. I um, I also have a, a ton of side passions, including um, the technologist and and author. And so canals.net is the homepage where. Um, it's sort of a uh, portfolio of various other projects that that more or less align with the themes that that we're talking about. So those are probably I, the best ways to reach me. Nice. It's it. Listen, it's always good when you you find your passion in something and you can procure it and and get it out to the world for everybody to see. You know, sometimes it, it takes, like you said, your book's been only been out for a month. It doesn't matter. You you know, you're gonna change somebody's life. It only takes one person to to read that book, and you'll change their 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 frame of thinking, and how they move, go things, do things moving forward. Which is is always a good thing. There's always positivity and everything. You just have to look for it. Like you said, your job is you're out there now trying to get people to understand your philosophy and understand the philosophy of the book to make their life, not just their business life, but their regular life easy as well. I mean, they go hand in hand each other. You can't own a business and be stressed out 24 hours a day worrying about how the business is going to run. If your business is running smooth, that's going to translate to you having a smoother, you know, off work type of life, which I think everybody is the work life balance, which everybody, you know, reaches for, you know, we're, we're in a, in a world now where, you know, they want you to be in office. You have to be loyal to the, to the company, even though the companies are not loyal to you. So it's one of those things where we have to strike some harmony you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and if your book can help people do that, whether it be management or, you know, the the worker, it'd be a great thing. Yeah, I, I agree. And thank you for that. That's, um, yeah, that's the hope. And and if there's, you know, even one folk, one, one person goes through the book and, and picks up the ideas and comes out on the other end and says, hey, look, I could I could move faster and build better systems. I'm, I'm more at ease in my job. I feel more authentic because I don't have to balance, you know, so much um, 
you know, conflicting uh, ideas. I think that's that's amazing, and that uh, that I that that idea of of approaching it with with clarity and authenticity is is really a core aspect of it. And I, anybody who, who who reads through it and can and gives me that kind of feedback, it just that's that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah, I listen. I love your passion. I love the fact that you're, you know, you're still locked in, and with, you know, the evolution of technology and it's ever changing, you're keeping up, and you're, you know, you're out there trying to help people structure their businesses to the point where it, you know, it can run smoothly, where you know things can can help each other. But that takes time and that takes patience. And I, I hope your book blows up, man, and it be, creates a, you know, a, a Shangri La of peace throughout all these, all these, uh, <laughs> these companies out here. You know, especially, you know, you have some of these companies that are, you know, are still going to be who they are, but I'm glad it's out there. I'm glad it's something that people can grasp and and read and try to understand, to balance themselves out with their company and their business. Uh, Dara, thank you for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. You are a plethora of knowledge when it comes to tech. Um, just keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to leave you with what I leave everybody with. If you found your purpose, live it. I appreciate you coming on the show. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks a bunch.